Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. If you're a last-minute gift shopper, then Instacart is your holiday rescue app this season. No more tracking packages, no more trips to the post office, and no more Christmas gifts arriving in February. Instead, you can just download Instacart to order gifts like beauty, tech, and gourmet goods from local stores and get them delivered in as fast as one hour. Plus, right now, you'll get free delivery on your first three orders. This offer is valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Must be 21 plus to purchase alcohol where available. It's the Custard TV Live. Uh, we're bringing you the best and the worst of what's on the box this week. This is episode 107. Hurrah. Uh, In your you face, people who thought we wouldn't make it 207. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Gary. I am not the editor and runner of the website, thecustardtv.com, but he's here. Yes. Hello. I'm joined as always by Luke, the editor and runner of the, of the uh, website. Hello, Luke. Evening, Gary. Evening. And I'm also joined by our representative of the northern clans of England. <laughs> King of the North! I like, I like King that idea. King of the North. King of the North. He's not really here for his TV knowledge, he's just here to represent. I like that. Yeah, clans of the North. I love that. Uh, you join us uh, on, on a sunny Thursday in August, or, or in any time if you're listening to the podcast. It's July! Well, it's, it's, July, but it's August like Monday, isn't it, or something? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> by the time I give this you one, I give you out, one job. But by the time this podcast comes out, it will most likely be August. So in your face, Luke, Gary, and Matt talking telly on the Custer TV podcast. Right. Uh, let me run through the news really quickly. Uh, first is a really bit of sad news: uh, is that the former Apprentice contestant Stuart the Brand Bags has um, died, aged twenty-seven. It was announced today. Uh, I have to say that I'm particularly sad about this. Stuart was, in my opinion, the best contestant the Apprentice ever had. It's my opinion. Uh, Also, I'm slightly, you know... Rafe, come on. No, you see, no, I didn't know. Rafe didn't make it through long enough to be the best, I'm afraid. Stuart made it through to the to the interviews, therefore, you know, for me. But I'm very disappointed. I, I had had a good Twitter conversation with Stuart over the years. Uh, I did an apprentice-based podcast before I did this um, to Custard TV one, and I did invite Stuart to come on the podcast, and he was going to, and then he couldn't, and we never got round to it. Um, and and I think that year was probably one of my favourite apprentice years that we had. Um, what so year I, was it? I'm, I'm really, I'm just conscious. I don't remember which year. I remember Stuart, of course, but I don't remember which year of the Apprentice it yeah. was. Um, it was on in the October because of the general election in 2010. Oh, in that case, it was 2010 then, yeah. Yeah, and it is very sad. I mean, he very famously said he was, you know, he was he wasn't a pony. He was a field of ponies, uh, and uh, and also uh, equally, he was also the one that said, "Oh, Margaret Malford, I know you." And she went, "Oh, yes, yes. goodness." Do you remember, yeah, that? remember went, that? Oh, yeah. Margaret or something. Yeah, yeah. And she went, you know, that's not appropriate for an interview. So, yeah, our, our condolences to Stuart's family and friends. 
the Top Gear trio, uh, that being May, Hammond and Clarkson, uh, have uh, agreed to present a new show, which is going to be about cars, funnily enough, and it's going to be on Amazon Prime. It's going to start in 2016. Um, this is obviously in new light of the news that Top Gear is coming back with Chris Evans and other presenters uh, later on this year. What do you think about this one? I mean, there were rumours about them going to ITV, rumours about them going to Sky, and they've ended up on Amazon Prime. Um, this is a huge get for them, because unlike Netflix, they haven't got... The, um, Amazon haven't really got their equivalent of Orange is the New Black or House of Cards. I suppose Transparent's mm. doing well for them. Transparent, I think they have been some other ones. They've got, they've got the good Bosch series that I like. But yeah, regards to the first-run series, they're behind Netflix on that, I would say. Do you really feel and that they're going to have a lot of freedom, aren't they? I suppose they could swear as much as they like. Well, on that's this, right. But... I mean, they will be given a lot of freedom, but also, you know, are they going to get? I mean, imagine with the BBC, they got a lot. You know, they they test drive cars. I would have thought the BBC gets them into a lot of places. Are they going to get that in, in, same kind of situation? Are they going to get guests mm. for you know their yeah, I was star in a star or star in a car? They can read plenty it... of books because it's Amazon. <laughs> Just like read uh, books yeah. about cars. I I just I don't know and and I think it makes the BBC rebooting the original series even more pointless now. Yeah. Because surely no, no, if no, you are not, a... it's not pointless. That's a different show. That's a completely different show. Yeah. Um, but I do, I do wonder whether it's just not worth them rebooting it because you know if if your fans are Top Gear, you're going to go and seek out the original. Trio. Well, it won't be called Top Gear. It'll be called something else. But it will. Uh, very quickly, Channel Four have renewed Married at First Sight, which is a popular series has been on. I was really disappointed that Kate and mm. Kate's husband, Jason. whose name Jason, Kate and Jason, they were the two I was willing for. They seemed. Yeah. So, um, I think that was all, with all show, another. wasn't it? Though. Yeah. I think it was as well. I think there was that initial physical spot with Kate and Jason, whereas with James and Emma. It was much more of a slow burn thing based on the personality, which was what the whole process was, wasn't it? Finding someone who was similar to you, who's your ideal match. And, you know, it's not always apparent at first sight. And I think that was the point of the show, that these are this this couple are perfectly matched. But it did take them, like, you know, a couple of weeks to realise it. And, you know, they're still married, even though they're now not living together. Mm. Oddly, what I what I think I liked also about the program was it never forgot how odd it was. Mm. It never, it never, it never shy, It never said this is normal. It always kept reminding you that this is very odd, and it it just it seemed quite as genuine as something that peculiar can be. They seemed to to manage mm. to keep it down to earth if, and grounded. If so I, I were Kate and Jason, I would be a bit miffed that the other lot go got to go to Iceland, whereas they only got to go to Dublin. It was a bit like being on Louis Walsh's boot camp. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you get to go to the Seychelles or Dublin. <laughs> One of the big names from X Factor is leaving. No, not Simon Cowell. The voiceover man, Peter Dixon. Um, he's yeah. kind of been the mainstay Dixon. of X Factor for the last decade. Do we Ollie know? Murs, that one. Ollie Murs. Rachel, Rachel Adedeji. Yeah. Yeah. Frankie Kokoza. <laughs> Frankie Boyle. Oh no, he didn't know. I don't know. <laughs> who was the Who was the one? Who was the Gamu? Wasn't it or something? No, it never got to that. Gamu got for live. She's probably stuck in the Channel Tunnel at the moment. But the thing, yeah, the <laughs> thing is, the thing is, um, <laughs> oh, <God>. um, <laughs> humour. 
That'll get us kicked <laughs> off. Oh, that's not going to win us the podcast awards, Luke. <laughs> Here come the internet, please. It's a shame that that the Peter's going because it's another mm-hmm. it's another sign that the show isn't what it used well, to be. Well, they're trying to I'm... make it hip and trendy, and here's Nick Grimshaw, and here's Ollie Murs, <laughs> and Rachel, Rachel and the DG. <laughs> I was always a bit miffed that they never used Tulisa's full name. Yes, Constantinopolis well, or whatever it is. Yeah, I, I, I would have liked to have seen him try and, and do that one every week. I think he struggled enough with um, Cheryl Fasini, whatever. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. That was a struggle. Yeah. That, maybe was, the bre- that was the breaking point, I think, for him, maybe. I, I think so. Isn't it the familiarity that people mm. like when they yeah. watch these yeah, shows? Yeah, so yeah, won't yeah. it be yeah. a shame that no one will be sat well, in the living room going, I it's time to face the music? For odd reason, like Simon Cowell's trying to appeal to a new audience, and they're not going to be, you know, I think at this point people have... But I don't think that's a bad thing because we've all said the X Factor needs a brush up. Yeah, but then they—they're not going to. The people who watch the X Factor are the people like us who watch it every year. I don't think. I think people there are the people who don't watch the X Factor have a a sort of lower opinion. There's reasons why they don't watch it. It's not because they Mm. don't like the people who are on it. Also, I like the idea that Simon's thinking that there's people on the sofa going, "Do you know? I've never seen the X Factor, but I'm going to give it a go this year." It's not how it works. I'll Not stop watching works. that stupid dancing show and watch yeah. this instead. Right, there is your news. I now hand over to myself to go west. <laughs> Play the news. <laughs> uh, I didn't think this through, did I? <laughs> yeah, I know. You didn't think this through at all. News from Netflix as well that they have renewed BoJack Horseman for Series 3. I just want to let you know, just in case you're not sure, the main character is a horse. I just right. want to put that out there at the beginning, yeah. just so yeah. that everybody is aware. I mean, I don't the... think anyone would make that mistake. Well, I, know, I would not want to be it. the one that didn't say the main character is a horse. So there's going to be this more of that. So yeah. it's obviously been well received on Netflix. Staying with Netflix, uh, we did talk about the fact that season two of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt will be back soon. Uh, and apparently, rather than going a more kind of HBO route, uh, the creator, Tina Fey, has said that they will stay its PG kind of style comedy, which I'm kind of glad about because I think that was part of the charm of it, that it was... Got an innocence about it. Innocence, yeah. I wouldn't, yeah. Like, I mean, I wouldn't like to see Ellie, Ellie Kemper because, uh, going all HBO on, my, on me, really. I don't think it would work. Absolutely. On you, Two just, quick reviews. <laughs> on me, yeah, if she's got the time. Personally. Yeah. Yeah. Two quick reviews of some shows that I've been catching up on. One, uh, this started on Pick, which for those that don't know is effectively Sky's freeview channel where they throw a load of stuff on. Uh, this is a zombie uh, show called Z Nation. Now, this probably would be a lot, lot better if The Walking Dead didn't exist, but I'm afraid it does. So this comes off looking like a very, very bad copy of The Walking Dead. Uh, it stars Harold Perrineau, who you people will remember from Lost. Uh, and he's basically... What was his character's uh, name in Lost, Gary? Oh, gosh. Um, Sorry, I don't remember. Michael. I don't remember. Steve? Michael. Phil? No. Michael? Uh, I just said it three times. If you, yeah, well, why did you ask if you knew? I was seeing it. What I like about Gary is even when he knows the answer, he doesn't give up. He's still <laughs> yeah. giving you... I'm the answers. one doing the quiz questions at the end. Yeah. Uh, uh, this was not particularly great. I mean, the zombie stuff was okay. They're, they're treating it more as an, a, a, a sort of like a, 
a disease rather than people actually being zombies. Uh, it, it was good action, but as I say, if you've already seen The Walking Dead, that's far superior. Uh, Where did this air in America? That gives me an idea of how good it is or isn't. Uh, do you know, I don't know. I, w- I will look that up when I hand over to the review section and let you know. Yeah. And lastly, I have been binge-watching MasterChef Canada. Now, I talked about this last year when I watched it's it. It's obscure, this. So it's obscure. obscure. I mean, so you're a pretty good. obscure viewer anyway, but MasterChef well, so Canada... It- MasterChef Canada. The reason is, is that this is more like a game show than the MasterChef over here. The MasterChef over here is treated like a, a competition. You know, it's very serious about its food. You know, they go in with Michelin star chefs. And whereas this kind of version of MasterChef is almost more like a kind of like a Strictly Come Dancing or a, you know, or a, a, a time of celebrity. It's more like a game show element. Your judges are larger than life. And your contestants are larger than life. You know, Canada has got a wide variety of people. You know, there's the French uh, Canadians. There's there's the more kind of rugged sort of mountainy type Canadians. And then, you know, there are the big city Canadians. So I think there is a real mix. And it's just great. And it's 45 minutes. It's showing nightly on watch at the moment. And you can catch up as well. I, I like I just, that as an uh, adjective, mountainy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like, like, you know, rugged, you know, more your outdoorsy yeah, type. Okay. I don't that know if Susie like, Dent would let you have that on countdown. That is the most descriptive and excited I've heard you about a television show ever, I think. Really? It's a shame it was MasterChef Canada. I don't know. I just like it. It's completely different to anything else that I'm watching now, of course, that MasterChef celebrity. Celebrity MasterChef. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I you are. Right, uh, I, I have gone west and I'm now back. <laughs> I talked briefly last week about The Ugly Face of Disability, the Adam Pearson uh, documentary. If you didn't listen last week, this was uh, a documentary hosted by Adam, who is an actor. He's uh, an, actor. An, an actor. He was in Under the Skin with Scott Johansson. He suffers from a, a disease there. Tumors grow on his face, and the whole documentary was him looking at you know, why is disabled hate crime different from religious hate crime and things like that. I'd be very interested to hear both of your thoughts on the, on the episode. I thought this was uh, incredible. I, I thought this was one of the better documentaries. I know we talked last week about Don't Take Away My oh, Baby, God. but I actually think this was more in line with what I perceived the disability series would be. Yes, you genuinely felt sorry for him, but all also, you saw how he wasn't going to let people feel sorry for him. You know, this guy was living his life and doing things despite his disability, not not through anything else. And he was genuinely, you know, I know they talked about it, he was genuinely funny and genuinely a good TV presenter, I thought. Well, I say we've well, met, him, met yeah. him a couple of times yeah, during yeah. our time in Edinburgh. I didn't know who he was at no. the time. He, he did um, introduce himself as a um, producer or researcher like on the Undatables. Yeah. He's on the Undatables, yeah. isn't he? Yeah, like no. a, as a behind the scenes, uh, and I do like Adam a lot, but I don't know whether this had a very clear message. I would agree. Um, with, it was a bit broad at times. I'd agree with you there. Oh, I, I I was fascinated most, and I know I mentioned it last week. Was the thing where they all took that test, and and then they met him and talked to him, and then they took the test again. To me, what this whole series is about is it's raising the profile oh, of yeah. uh, uh, no, of I'd people with disabilities, and, and this was the thing. From. Yeah, I'm somewhere in the middle, I think, of you two. Yeah, I I just think in the hands of a lesser presenter, because I did did warm to Adam, and I I think I would have, even if we hadn't 
had the previous exposure I think it would have lost me in places because I think it was just a little bit lost of what its eventual message yeah, there was. Yeah, it was sort of broad and started because some of it was about him and his, you know the stuff with YouTube and stuff like the, that. The stuff with the, the stuff with the stand-up comedy I was just genuinely uncomfortable with. This define the label season yeah. is fantastic. I think if they if they'd done one thing wrong and mm. it's the shows are great, I think they've just packed a lot into Yeah. The week. Three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if they could do one of these shows a week or two of these shows a week, that would have. You know, I'm a bit. It, it does I think feel. These I mean, shows like having great, one that... every night has been. Yeah. Packed. I think they've had about really three or four, three or four a week. Yeah. But the thing is, is that we're thinking about that because we are podcast. You know, we're television reviewers True. and we to watch True. them. Actually, the the joy is, if you want to watch these, you've now got them for a month left on iPlayer. So true. you can enjoy them. True, so absolutely. we are we are yeah. thinking of it slightly differently. And, and yeah. finally, just to finish off the BBC Three programming, the boy who wants his leg cut off is that? Are we yeah. happy with that being the title? Well, it was, it was it very. I only watched it this evening, so you know before well, I got it home. It was a, quite started. a Channel Four title, that wasn't it? Mm. Really? Yeah, I, no, I agree with you. Yeah. Yes, uh, this was about an eleven-year-old called Dylan who had a mm-hmm. condition where was it one leg was growing faster than the other. Yeah, and then no, he, uh, similar it, it, to Adam, he had tumours as well. It's yeah. similar to Adam, where, where yeah, the one leg is one leg is is bigger than the other, and it's to do with the um, the same thing as Adam, isn't it? The what do they call them in the face? The uh... well, I'm not sure of the medical term, no. but he had tumours. Oh, sort of like LFI or something. I've just yeah. seen it. So I'm not and really it, and sure. I, I, as the title would suggest, he wanted an amputation because mm-hmm. he. Um, didn't feel like he could be an 11 year old boy with one leg that he couldn't do much with he basically hated the leg you know he wanted to be playing football running with his friends and there was a scene where they went to like a sports shop and his friends were looking at rugby boots and he was like oh I wish I you know and there were various meetings they went to the states to find out about like a a drug trial and various doctors said oh we can't offer you know we can't do an amputation i personally thought it was fascinating and i thought dylan himself was just a you know just a wonderful lad i think i right, think it's right so refreshing the, to have right, such yeah. an eloquent young yeah, person right from on the, the television. start when he's up in front of his school explaining his, you know he starts at yeah. uh, See, secondary school that when... could have been so Heading downtown to a museum, sporting event, show, or for holiday shopping? Plan ahead for the Red Line service changes starting Monday, December 18th through Saturday, December 30th. Free shuttle buses will replace trains between DuPont Circle and Gallery Place. For more detailed information and travel alternatives, call 202-637-7000 or visit WMATA.com. W-M-A-T-A.com. Corny, yeah. couldn't it? It could have been so cheesy, and he was just wonderful. My name is Dylan Chapman, and I wanted to talk to you all today to explain my condition and what challenges I face. It has tumours that have grown from my nerve endings and through my body. My most affected area is my left foot. Yes, Dylan. And that's why I need to use a wheelchair to get around, as my walking is limited. <laughs> If I knock my leg or foot, it is extremely painful and it reduces me to tears as if I had an electric shock or something. Thank you. I have had many operations since the age of four, but now I have refused all surgery until I can get my leg amputated. Do you guys want to ask me any uh, question? Is this a condition you were born with? 
Yeah, I was born with it. Uh, yes, Malcolm. Um, has anyone teased you? I have had the mick taken out of me. How I run and stuff and walk, it's a big kind of stare and, you know, I don't like it. Do you ever feel sad when you see other kids run around? Yeah. Sometimes I just wish I was normal. Thank you for um, listening. For an 11-year-old, as you say, incredibly mature, you know, knowing his own mind, knowing what he wanted, you know, everyone was saying, you know, if you have it amputated, it won't grow mm. back, blah, blah, blah. Similar to what Luke said last week about, you know, when you empathise with somebody, you really feel for this kid. And and they don't kind of pull on the heartstrings too much, but you really do kind of feel like it's a shame that he's going through this. And as you say, the scene when he's talking in front of his friends and when he's in the sports shop, you think, gosh, you know, you take so many of those things for granted. That and the stuff about him swimming as about well, how which I fits. thought was very heartbreaking mm. when he was talking yeah. about being on holiday and this woman saying, you know, get out of the pool with your horrible leg and him... Going back, at, you know, you seeing him going back into the pool and I've seen so it. many documentaries with with sort of sensationalist titles, mm-hmm. for want of a better word, who ex that exploit or you know point point the finger at people, and this felt so genuine. Mm-hmm. Dylan was so yeah, lovely. This is not the twenty stone and, uh, man can't move out of his home or things this, like that. No, he was so lovely, and I think it's just nice to have an eloquent young person fronting their own documentary. Uh, moving on to, I think we'll uh, go for humans, as we've all seen that. Um, yeah. Uh, penultimate episode, very much now, as I said last week, home straight. We found out now the sort of identity of um, DCI Voss. She was the um, the, the mother she, figure, she, basically. Of you know, yeah, she was the she, recreated mother figure of the Colin Morgan fi- of the Colin Morgan character. That's um, right. Cre- created as a replacement for uh, his wife that died, for you know the guy's yeah. wife who died. Shock of the week for me was that William Hurt's character died. I didn't see that coming. I have to. No, say. I didn't. No, see that I, I thought he would be involved in the end game. So yeah. you know, I was slightly surprised. But, but they, I, I think they did yeah. that very well, though. They've sort of centered it in now purely on you know the family and the sort of synth family. The sort of, you know. This was the episode, you know, I keep saying, is it going to lose me? Am I just, am I going to be, you know, out of the world a bit? This was, for me, it was a bit slow in places and really only oh, really? picked up towards the end. I yeah, I thought Disagree, so. disagree. Oh, I, 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 with Matt, I'm afraid I, like, yeah. I liked the tension that they built up between the family and the synths. I like the fact that you've now got all the synths in, in, in one place. You know, they've been reunited. Uh, and I really liked the end scene where where the police are there to drag them away. I, I thought. I mean, this was the first one as well that I watched on actual telly. I've been right. watching it on sort of 4OD and obviously previewed the first episode. Uh, and I'm really, really looking forward to the last episode. I think this is probably the most excited I've been since probably Utopia. Uh, for or maybe the missing, maybe the missing. I, 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 the only thing that concerns me slightly with the last episode is: will we get an ending, or are we going to get series two? We're well, definitely going to get a second I don't series. Care. I don't no, care. but I, I, I think as well, I need some sort of ending that makes this possible as well. I don't mean they're all captured, they're all dead, and I don't necessarily need. But I don't want just like, oh yeah, the humans will return. You know, I don't want to be broadchurched. Also on Sunday night on BBC One. Oddly, um, Tom Goodman Hill, who plays the dad in, in The Humans in the Family, is now engaged to Jessica Rain, who uh, was one half of uh, Partners in Crime with uh, David Walliams. 
this See, was... this is why we have Matt. He's a master at the Segway. Yeah. He got better uh, and better at this. He should be on the one Better than that other Matt. Agatha Christie uh, adaptation of the uh, Thomas and Thomas and Tuppence, easy for me to say, uh, <laughs> books. And, uh, they play a married couple who basically find themselves sucked into various murder mysteries. This first one was uh, a girl on finding a girl on a train who went missing, and it linked back to a Russian spy, uh, as you do. And by the end, they were does. both going undercover. I, I quite like this, I have to say. Um, I think. You know, Sunday nights recently on BBC One, they've had sort of things like Poldark and The Outcast, and they they all take themselves quite seriously, and this didn't, and I, I quite like that. It, it never played as a comedy, but there was a sense of humour about it, which I quite liked, and it was it was yeah. very well paced, and I think you know, Jessica Rain and David Williams, oddly, had a, a quite a sweet chemistry, and I think it, it it's not twee? the... Twee? Little twee? bit... Not too twee, definitely not for me. And I, I don't know if three episodes per mystery, you know, is too much. Oh, is that how it works? Yeah, they're doing really two, like two, three-part mysteries over a six-part series. Oddly as well, know. Gary, um, Lester Freeman from The Wire popped up in in this as well. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> not, not, the, not the character. Perfectly normal. No, no, that'd be he, he wasn't, he wasn't still restoring, uh, oh, he wasn't still making uh, wooden uh, uh, things out of wood. Oh, <laughs> wooden things out of wood, what a great sentence that was. But, uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, this is, to me, this is sort of classic Sunday night drama that I remember, um, going back to sort of, you know, like your Hetty Wayne props and your pie in the sky and things like that. But they were all 8pm. Yeah, I'd agree. I think this feels like 8pm. But there you go. But no, enjoyable nonetheless. Because it, it's light out, it feels it like... It would have been 9pm on BBC Plus One, but we're not getting that anymore. Also Channel 4 documentary, we saw the end of Child Genius this week, and uh, no big shock, uh, Thomas, the, the boy who sees no sunlight... Uh, won the competition quite convincingly, but what I what I thought was a bit odd was that he his competition in the final head to head was Sasha, probably the one we saw least of throughout the. Throughout I was the happy about that though. Cause yeah, she was she, she genuinely came across as quite a nice. You didn't like her. No. Oh, why not? I didn't like. Um, I just, I suppose that I don't know. She was a feminist, and you think you could be a feminist. <laughs> At nine, you can be a feminist, sure. Well, maybe um, not then, at nine, but at twelve, maybe. Which at she twelve, was 12. then. Um, and I, yeah, <laughs> I think by that point, I was just keen to see all the kids fail. There is, there's, <laughs> there's some of you that thinks, "Come on, let's what, let's see them fall on their face a bit," and yeah, they didn't. But so I, I yeah. think it would have been nice to have like not an upset, but I, he was always going to win it. I think. I mean, they mentioned that she'd got similar points to him in some of the other rounds. Not that they let us see that, but there you go. And uh, also, it it wasn't that because he was remarkably clever. There wasn't that much of a, a competition, really, because I think he got six in a row, and then she was falling behind with two, and then yeah. she crawled up yeah. to three. But he, he she, yeah. he was. I, never I did like how uh, Celia Emery tried her best to make it as <laughs> Thomas. Has yeah, if, if I can change one thing <laughs> about the show, it would be her narration. I think. I think she's got a perfectly Well, you know you could do it next series. Let's Peter hear it Dixon. for Thomas! <laughs> 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 Time to face 
the podium. Rachel no, Adedeji! I, I just think that Celia Emery's got a perfectly fine uh, voiceover voice. I just don't think it suits the no. show, and it was a distraction. Okay. Um, um, but I do, I do, I do love Child Genius. It is one, and I think anyone who thinks they wouldn't should at least give it a go because I think it'll. I, I must admit, I, I might give the next series yeah, a go I now that I know more about it. It was just t- something to watch because it was on, and I sort of. Yeah. One that's close to my heart: Sign Sealed Delivered Inside the Post Office. Um, I, I want that show to be Sign Sealed Delivered. I'm yours. No. Okay. Oh, no. No. Some people might know because we've mentioned it before. I do work in the post office, but this, to me, I'd like a documentary focusing on people who work in the post office. And this was more about how um, the post office itself are closing down a lot of these little village post offices and putting them in premier stores and in like stationery shops and stuff. Smiths. I know, horrible. Um, but uh, <laughs> what did you just yeah. say? John Menzies. What year are you living in? <laughs> well, I don't know. Just, I don't know. The, the, the thing is that now the government subsidy is being cut to the post office. A lot of these little post offices, they're saying basically either, you know, have a retail arm or, you know, we'll have to find somewhere else to put the post office in this town. And obviously there's a lot of outcry from the villagers in various places saying, you know, we want our post office to stay where it is. And it is all very sort of, I mean, to an extent, they were trying to make it as a PR exercise, like these people were complaining, but once they got their new post office, they were fine with it. But I, as someone who were, it did irritate me to an extent. There was some things that wound me up. But I would like to see like, like a sort of, you know, like an educating, like a custody, actually follow the people who work behind the counters because there was very yeah, and little. The, and the people that yeah. come in. And there the, the, there the... was very little of that. It was mainly almost like, a, as someone described it in one of the reviews I read last night, like a PR exercise. Like yeah. the... I felt that a lot about some of the documentaries mm. we've seen on the BBC and ITV of late. I think the KFC one was very much like that. And there was um... one called, I mean, there's an episode, I think, it, was it called Winners and Losers last night? And I'm sure that was the first episode of um, the betting shop one as well. It's just getting a bit lazy. Previews. Let's do, let's do a day each, so I'll start very quickly, because there's only one on Monday. Late-breaking oh, news coming through. My, it's my late-breaking news. I'll look in a minute. What is your ringtone now? That's not well, your no, no, no. That, that's just when I've got... That's that's like my news alert. Uh, well, what and, is uh, it, though? Sounded the like... White, um, the White House talking. are asking for a, a extradition of the bloke that killed the lion in Zimbabwe. There you are. TV podcast. Up TV podcast. Up to the minute. <laughs> uh, Disabled in an Instant is another instalment in the uh, disability series awareness that we're getting on BBC Three. That's on Monday at nine. And this is where Peter Mitchell, who uh, is an actor and wheelchair sportsman who was paralysed in a car crash, discovers what happens when young people uh, who have battered uh, to survive, battles, not battered, to uh, <laughs> say to be to get out of hospital and find they feel a bigger fight to survive in the uh, community. So be interesting to see how they, they cover that side of it. The 12th and final series of um, New Tricks begins on Tuesday. This is 10 parts um, with the first two episodes focusing on Dennis Waterman's character who leaves the series after this special two-parter. I will watch not these two, but episode three, just to see what happens with the theme tune. I'm really interested to see what happens with it. Oh, keep the theme tune. 
Do you think so? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Dennis Waterman might walk away with it. I don't know. <laughs> Life Begins Now is another part of BBC Three's Define the Label uh, series. It's a documentary about the last few weeks of a term at a college in Shropshire and follows these six adults as they prepare for life in the real world. Um, oh, all got learning difficulties, haven't they? They have, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll do... Uh, Matt, Wednesday is the big the big one of the week. Uh, the Bake Off is back. Um, we know the score by now. Mary Berry, Paul Hollywood, 12 Bakers, Mel and Sue, Signature Bake, Showcase, uh, the other one. <laughs> technical challenge. See, I'm not one of these people. I enjoy it when it's on, but I'm not somebody who's already looking for... I'm not looking for... It isn't a show I look forward to, but mm. I enjoy it when it's on. Yeah, no, I, I'm I, looking I, forward I to it. That. And also, I am um, Great British Bake Off. Obviously, in the slot that Don't Tell the Bride was on on BBC One uh, these past this six is weeks. This the oddest and piece <laughs> of TV scheduling I've ever come across. At nine o'clock next Wednesday on BBC Three, uh, Don't Tell the Bride. I don't understand <laughs> yeah. this at all. <laughs> with uh, I don't understand back, this. back with the younger couples, the twelve and rounds. presumably Rebecca Staten's. Let's um, hope so. Voiceover. Unless, he, unless they manage to uh, get Peter Dixon <laughs> in the last minute. Yeah. Can we stop me? He's become the new rummish thingy. Please. Um, and this one features someone in... called Luke as well. well yeah, yeah, I didn't realise. So, wannabe superstar DJ Luke. I mean, if you take out the word DJ, that perfectly describes you, Luke. Yeah. Remix. Um, right, let's do the quiz. <laughs> Yes, Matt versus Luke. Uh, reminder of the rules. Two questions about television each. Ten second time limit. If there's a tie, we will use a closest to the answer tiebreaker. And the current scores are Luke one, Matt one. So, this week, Luke, you're going first. What were the first names of the TV cops? Starsky and Hutch. Bill and Ben. I have no idea. Nope. Luke, uh, Matt, do you know? Not that I can offer you any points, but... I know the actors. I couldn't tell you the... the no, I knew the, the actors. Name. I couldn't yeah, tell yeah. you the guys. Dave and Ken. Dave, Dave Starsky and Ken Hutch. <laughs> Who provides the voice of Sideshow Bob in The Simpsons? Oh, you... Kelsey Grammer. Yeah. <laughs> Luke. Who was the original host of the game show, Blockbusters? Bob Holmes. Correct. Look for one now. Okay, Matt, for the win. <laughs> for the win. Does that mean in you were assuming I would get it wrong again? Oh no. In the city, in which city is the TV show Grey's Anatomy set? Ooh. Is it uh, Seattle? Correct. Yeah. Matt takes two to one. <laughs> oh no. Well done, Matt. You take a commanding one-point lead. 
Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, you can find us on iTunes if you search Custard TV. You can leave us a two to five star review. Don't worry about the one stars. They've already been done. Uh, you can obviously find the home of this podcast and all of Luke's great work on thecustardtv.com. And you can find us on Twitter as well. You can find Luke at... Luke Custard TV. You can find Matt at... Matt's TV Bites. And you can find me at The Gary Show. Uh, you can find us on Facebook by going to The Custard TV. And you can probably find us if you just stand outside your door and shout our names collectively. One of us is out. <laughs> yeah, we're desperate for attention. Desperate for attention. So thank you very much. And until next time, see you later. Download this podcast from thecustardtv.com. Discover, this is Daniela. Hi, it's Jennifer Coolidge. I just want to thank you for making me feel so special. I earned cash back on debit for my dinner party groceries. That's great. But with Discover Cashback Debit, we give everyone cash back on everyday purchases. Anything else I can help you with? Do you like asparagus and mushroom sorbet? I've got leftovers. Introducing Discover Cashback Debit, a checking account with cash back. It pays to discover. Eligibility in terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC.